Trek Geeks Podcast Network is proud to have Fansets as its presenting sponsor. Fansets is the home for amazing pin collectibles with over 400 officially licensed Star Trek pins and new releases every month. Stay tuned for a special discount code worth 10% off your next order at fansets.com. Fansets, our pins have character. Kirk, Spock, and Uhura are on a landing party together. It's just not that Kirk. The rest of the episode is totally classic Trek, though. So settle into the captain's cozy quarters as we discuss this week's episode. I'm Mike Bovia, and this is Discovering Trek Strange New Worlds. Hit it. Thanks for joining us on Discovering Trek, the Star Trek Universe Companion, presented by Fansets. Love it or hate it, this episode harkened back to the original series with its tone, and the only thing that was missing was a classic face lighting on a close-up. This week, our roundtable has kind of become more of a triangle, since we have just our three regular co-hosts, so without further ado, making his Discovering Trek debut... One of our regular co-hosts, uh, but last week he had some family business to attend to. He's Matthew from With the First Link, and Matthew, how could you want to spend time with family when you could be spending time with me? I mean, I don't get it. Well, actually, I was I was on the ship. I was just on a different deck for that episode. So oh, okay. Up for this one, like, okay. or we I just like, don't oh. talk about it. It's like when Bones just shows up, and we just That's don't right. say anything about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was like how uh, Uhura said today. No, it's it really is a big ship. It really it is, really a, big is ship. a big ship. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> and then, of course, back with us as our other regular co-host is Yvette from the Sci-Fi Sisters. And I apologize profusely to you, Yvette, that you have to deal with the two of us today. <laughs> uh, you know, last last week was was probably far better company. But uh, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. No, this company is fine. We're talking about my favorite show, kind of show. I don't know if it's my favorite yet, but it's getting there. It's getting, getting there. there. Well, yeah. see, you have five episodes of this that you've been able to watch versus uh, seven seasons of Deep Space Nine that I know you love. So, mm-hmm. so. It's, right. it's creeping in there, though. Uh, well, that's great. That that mm-hmm. says something good about this, about this, uh, this, what is it? The show? The <laughs> Series, the series, it's series. There you go. Mm-hmm. It's it's late. My brain isn't working. <laughs> Yvette, why don't you tell us how we could how the show can be found on social media? If you like to follow the show on social media, you can find us on Twitter at Discovering Trek or on Facebook. You can join the conversation on Camp Kittermer. Answer a few simple questions, and our admins Haley, Jackie, and Fark will let you in. A reminder that this episode of Discovering Trek provides spoilers for the Strange New Worlds episode, Children of the Comet. If you have not watched yet, head over to Paramount Plus and watch the episode and head back. Fair to do so leaves you open to spoilers. Episode 102 of Star Trek Strange New Worlds, Children of the Comet, aired May 12, 2022. It was written by Henry Alonzo Myers and Sarah Tarkoff. It was directed by Maya Vervilo. 
Episode synopsis. All right. So while on a survey mission, the USS Enterprise discovers a comet is going to strike an inhabited planet with a pre-warp civilization. They try to reroute the comet only to find out that an ancient relic, alien relic, is buried on the comet's icy surface and is somehow stopping them. As the away team try to unlock the relic secrets, Pike and number one deal with a group of zealots who want to prevent the Enterprise from interfering. Wow. Like, I feel like I need to retire my voice now. That was like, that was like full on radio. Like, I felt like I was just there. Awesome. Thanks, Matthew. Thank you. I do. I do spend all day flying people around in a planetarium. So I just came back from that today. So I'm all warmed up. I'm ready. He was talking all day (laughs) about black holes. It was amazing. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) Well, since you weren't here to join us last week, we're going to go thumbs up, thumbs down. And we're going to start with you. How do you feel about it? And why do you feel that way? All right. So the, um, I was kind of behind on, on strange new worlds, to be honest. So I watched both episodes together last night in order to catch up for today. And wow, I heard a lot of positive things about strange new worlds and the intertubes and people saying that, you know, the vibe was like, you know, this is like, feels like star Trek and kind of in a general, I didn't hear anyone saying anything negative about the show. And I loved the first two episodes. I thought they were really good. Like, um, and uh, this one in particular, I always love those stories that deal with uh, like this sort of these ancient artifacts or things that are old yep. kind of reminds us of like the, the ancientness of that, of life that might extend through the universe and where has it gone and was it seen? And, and so I gave it a thumbs up. I thought this story was really neat. And it reminded me of like almost like a TNG kind of style episode. In fact, I think mm-hmm. we have found ancient relics in comics and in TNG as well. So oh, yeah. I was into it. Absolutely. I was into this story. Absolutely. <laughs> if that, how about you? Well, I, I don't know. I just love this. I mean, we finally got a Neota Ahura mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's been my entire life basically <laughs> yeah it's true for this episode so there's like two thumbs up um maybe a thumb down for being so long that we had to wait <laughs> but um it was great to to know we learned so much about her right uh, in this episode and i just loved her um i love celia's performance um, the, the fun, there was so much fun in here. There was so much angst. I just loved it. I mean, it, like Matthew said, it was, I hate to say it. It felt like real Trek. <laughs> I hate to say that, mm-hmm. but it definitely felt like the Trek that I love. Um, yeah, it was good. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely, definitely. And I'll, I'll state right now, thumbs up for me as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it, yeah, it definitely felt like old. Uh, I don't want to say old timey mm-hmm. Trek, but yeah, yeah. yeah, it felt like old timey Trek, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and not even like even the newer incarnations of the Berman era Trek, mm-hmm. like not Voyager style or Enterprise style, but it harkened back to TOS, TNG, and I would say the early parts of Deep Space Nine before they started yeah. serializing the war. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, very very much so. And probably a very good comparison to Deep Space Nine, because at least in Deep Space Nine, they did what Strange New Worlds target is. You know, in the beginning, they would wrap up an episode, but mm-hmm. the character points would carry over. Mm-hmm. You know, again, uh, 
the the thing that I hearken back to is, you know, it's not one week Worf breaks his back and the next week he's, you know, fighting the aliens on the holodeck. Right. It, you know, there is a memory of what's happened. Mm-hmm. I love so, that. yeah. What I loved yes. in this. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Nope. I was going to say, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So what I was saying, what I loved in this is that with Uhura's character, they they found that she could communicate with this object or what they pulled out of the character is not just the skill that she has for communication, mm-hmm. but it's from this song. So she's singing yeah. this song and it's connected mm-hmm. to her, her past and her personality mm-hmm. and, and her life back home. And she makes that intuitive connection between just her personality because she's singing because that's just who she is. Right. Then mm-hmm. realizes, Oh, but this is also another form of language. Right. Mm-hmm. And she's able to make that intuitive leap to then communicate to the object. And like, that's the cool stuff that I love about Star Trek is that the world around us kind of reflects who we are uh, inside when we bring it out into the universe. That's always thought like the Enterprise is, you know, as much as a a soul ship as it is a starship, right? And we get to Mm. see Uhura's soul on demonstration and how she like problem solves with all of her abilities in this instance. And I was like, when, when it turns out that it's reverberating, like with her music, I was like, Oh, that's so beautiful. And Mm -hmm. she's connecting with this thing through song and starts talking about how song is also mathematically a language Mm -hmm. and brings that all into it. I was like, Oh, this is cool. Yes. Yes. Very very Star Trekky. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and, you know, the other thing that I really loved about that um, is how, you know, it hit on a point that was seldom used in TOS. And that is the fact that, uh, you know, Michelle Nichols had a great voice and what did they do? They used it like twice in TOS. I think so. Yeah. You know, and that was a prime piece of the story for this episode Mm -hmm. was the singing component. And we know Celia is a great singer, Mm -hmm. you know, with her, Mm -hmm. with her Broadway performances. So library computer data being received. Well, before we get too carried away, Let's jump into the key point since it seems like we're naturally going in that direction. Uh, so, Yvette, what about key points for you from this episode? Uh, oh, the key points was, I think it. So the theme, I guess, was what Pike said. Sometimes things go so bad um, that you just have to laugh. Mm-hmm. And I think that was the running point of the whole kind of show, because things were going really bad for Everybody. Yep. I mean, especially for poor, poor Kirk. <laughs> that poor guy. Um, I mean, I don't know if he could laugh at the end, but he should because she told him not to go up there. But um, but I think that was, you know, and then they, they were kind of getting kind of gelling together. You know, they kind of figured they're figuring each other out as things go along. I like that in episode two, you know, we saw them get together um, and then things went bad, but they had to work together to get things good again. And they had Mm -hmm. to learn, they actually learned a bunch of stuff about each other and themselves Mm -hmm. in episode two. You know, I I just want to reiterate that because these last two series that we've been looking at, it would have been episode 10 by the time we got to this point. So I I think it's, um, I think I lost my train of thought. I was so happy about all of that. Um, <laughs> but I think, um, you know, we, 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 cause we meet the, what, what does she call them? The crazy space. 
Oh space, yes, the space, the crazy space monks. space monks. Yeah, right. So the shepherds. You know, the shepherds. So you know, it was it was a lot of bad stuff, but it ended up turning out good. Um, but like you said, you and Spock laughing at the end. It, it was just I love the point that we got a premise in the beginning, and then it came back. At mm-hmm. the end of the episode. So I don't know if that's a key point, but every time I think about this episode, I know it's an horror episode, but that always sticks out to me that they actually, you know, it was so well thought out this mm-hmm. this episode. So hey. this is, you know, I might have missed a, it, but if it's <laughs> a key really point was. to you, then it's mm-hmm. a key point. That's all that matters. That was the point. It was like, wow, <laughs> they actually somebody actually looked at this episode and said, mm-hmm. yeah, we're going to make this the episode that works just for this yep. episode. <laughs> we don't have to wait till episode 10 to and, get and the I, point. <laughs> yeah. And I want to key in on something that you said there, where you mm-hmm. said they learned something about each other mm-hmm. and then they learned something about themselves as well. I mean, yeah. that is, uh, we, we've all said it already. And you know, mm-hmm. what are we 10 minutes into this episode? <laughs> and it's such a Star Trek thing. Yeah. It is such a Star Trek theme that, you know, you learn about yourself, you learn about the people that you're working with and things gel together. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. Uh, so Matthew <laughs> key points for you. I, the reason why I love Star Trek when I was growing up was all about the idea that you, you would explore, you had this purpose and you got to do it together. Mm-hmm. And that in 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 going out together, like you're saying about as well, like the way that you that you that you grow and learn at the same time, and 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 I, and then that we become better together, but also become closer together, kind of forged into a family. Mm-hmm. And I love like already right in the beginning, there's kind of that family dynamic. We're all eating together right at the beginning yeah. of the show, right? Like everyone's come together, yeah. like. Pike's cooking for everybody and he's kind of like, you know, he looks almost like dad, you know, cooking mm-hmm. at the table and making <laughs> yeah. everyone food and kind of bring together. So I, I love that element right off the bat. Like there's already this camaraderie between the characters, but in doing so the point of that camaraderie camaraderie is to let everyone be their best and, and to actually make room and encourage them to be their best. So mm-hmm. allowing Uhura to step into the role and, and, you know, when she expresses some of that um, hesitation mm-hmm. is saying, okay, well, but we're still glad that you're here in the meantime. So at least right. give it, you know, feel it out. Think what you're yeah. you're going to do. And then at the end, you have that beautiful moment where Spock's like, we're honored to have you here. Like you're mm-hmm. a member, like a valued yeah. member of this team. You think outside the box. You brought this element that we wouldn't have otherwise seen. And then in addition to that, the connection that we have, even to this like kind of strange group of people, these religious zealots that we're also still able to make a bond with them as well. Like Pike mm-hmm. makes enough room to still try to, to honor what they believe in, even though it seems completely antithetical to what we believe in and how we're going to make all these things gel together. And the result of that, the result of that connection internally with each other, then to this other species, what do we do? We bring rain to a whole other world. A rain, you know, that's right. That, you know, so the, now it's going to be a muddy, a mud <laughs> I was like, really? I mean, that's like, a desert. Why, yeah. what, you think the rain is, all that rain is, I don't yeah. know. Like, mud we slides. studied mud soil erosion. That's slides. not going to work this way. Yeah. <laughs> right, okay. Um, you're spoiling my moment. Anyway. Sorry. Yeah, so. <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was All that's right. what it got it for me was these ideas of connection and how it literally, you know, it, it brings life. And that's what the, they said at the mm-hmm. end. This thing brings life to this planet. Or yeah. like you said, in this case, love soil erosion. And mud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, you know, uh, 
so for me, a key point, it actually kind of goes along with what you were saying, Matthew, uh, that connection. And for me, it was the connection between what's been going on with Pike, you know, from season two of discovery moving forward here, but then also a horror story, not, not necessarily her story, like her background story, but what she's going through right now. And she doesn't know if this is the place for her. She's really trying to feel out what it is that she needs to do. And Pike is really doing the same thing. You know, he asks her that question uh, at dinner. Now, what do you think you're going to do in 10 years? And that the sentence gets caught in his throat mm-hmm. um, because he's, he's thinking ahead 10 years from now, I'm going to be in that chair. Um, but you know, he's still trying to feel out how he's going to handle himself moving forward. And she's doing the same thing just in a different way. And I thought, you know, it's just like last week where um, Laan made a comment that like keyed in his brain about, Hmm. Yeah. That kind of goes along with what I'm dealing with. It seemed like today, uh, today in this episode, it was the same thing with Ahura. You know, she made the comment about um, the comet had foreknowledge of what was going to happen. Yeah, to Yeah, that was interesting. You know, and he and right away he was like, let's see, I think I wrote it down here. Uh, uh, your fate is what you make it. Mm-hmm. You know, he has that foreknowledge. He's accepted what's going to happen to him. Now it's what's he going to do between now and the time that that happens. Um, and you know, I I just thought it was a really neat dynamic how they were able to work the two of those to get, you know, a guy who is like, we know he's one of the most decorated captains already at this point, and she is a cadet. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, which also, by the way, it wasn't it awesome to hear the uh 37 languages, um, (laughs) throw not even a throwaway line, but how. You know, he goes, I've heard you speak like 11 or 12 languages. She's like, actually 37. And everybody stops room, talking. Right. The whole yeah. room's done. Yeah. And like, even Smack goes, excuse me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I thought that um, was a great, I thought it was a great scene. It was. Such it a was. great scene. Yeah. I like the scenes with uh, her and uh, Spock. Yeah. I, I like those a lot. It reminded me of um, Who Mourns Adonis. Mm-hmm. I, I, every time I saw it, I kept thinking about that, you know, yeah. when they're underneath and he's like, yes, if anybody can do it. Yes, it's you. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's, uh, you know, it's interesting backstory for those episodes that we all already know, mm-hmm. um, you know, to see how they have this connection already from mm-hmm. serving together before. Yep. Yeah, like you said, Mike, I, I I hadn't even really thought about the fact that they did introduce that Ahura sang in TOS, but they didn't actually like do anything with that. So mm-hmm. they actually made it like a core component of the story in this episode. And I was like, oh, yeah, I, until you brought it up. I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That's there's, there's an element of her character that now we've mm-hmm. actually like brought forward. Yeah, I think I think it was literally just like the actual singing part, I think, was just in Charlie X maybe one other episode i i don't 
she's it's another in, episode the one where nomad shows up because she's singing in that one well, and yes. Nomad doesn't like it and or, or is interesting yes. and it scrambles her mind mm-hmm. um but yeah that's yeah that's the other thing because in that one she was actually doing what she's doing here she's humming humming mm-hmm. yeah. she's humming to herself and that's mm-hmm. what which you know the first thing i thought of is oh my god she's humming in this in this comet in this place there's no way that it's going to screw with her like nomad did but man it's like these writers are thinking of everything, mm-hmm. it, which is very cool. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, you got to dig deep for it too. It's not just like, uh, you know, here's Spock and that's our, that's our throwback. No, it's like really deep stuff that oh, yeah. you got to be deep dyed cuts. in the wool. Yeah. yeah. Deep, deep cuts. I mean, these are, I mean, so if, Think about it. What's your favorite series? If you had to write something and you like DS9, I know some deep stuff. I would mm-hmm. like, I would love to hear more about this, what happened that day. And, right. you know, there's a lot of stuff from the Dominion War. I want to know, well, what happened to that guy? You know, what Battle happened to of Beta Zed. Yep. Remember Talk? Yep. Oh, the Battle of Beta Zed. Yes, please. I read the book, but still. Yeah, me too. I would like to know more, <laughs> you know. Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, there's, fans will find that deep cut. You know, mm-hmm. and other fans will appreciate it, you know. So, and then at the same time, it's so deep that if it's a brand new fan and it goes over their head, it they're not totally lost. Yep. You know, they will, it, you know, if they like the series enough and they watch going forward more episodes, they're going to be like, hey, that's from that episode that I watched here. Yep. Um, so, it, this is like the complete package so far for a series uh, is what I'm, is what I'm feeling. And I don't know. I, I know you're feeling that way of it. Uh, what about oh you so far, Matthew? Well, I, I've got, there are people, I mean, surprisingly, not every friend in my life actually watches Star Trek. Um, <laughs> and so I was thinking, Hey, for those last few folks that I haven't been able to draw in yet, this might mm-hmm. be the series to do it. And so watching these first two episodes, I was like, you know what? This would be a good way to try to, to introduce Star Trek to people that I know that mm-hmm. haven't really, the, the series just hasn't really bitten for them yet. But this one I think would, because it feels really, like you're saying, Mike, for those of you, who, for those of us who know some of that back history of some of these characters, we can see how lovingly the writers have gone to mine some of those little pieces of information and bring it forward in the character. But for those who don't know any of them, like haven't watched the original series or at least in a long time, they could still just on the surface see mm-hmm. the substance of yep. what's there. Like I haven't, I haven't gone back and watched the original series in a long time. Um, but even still, like I'm, I, I just, you can just appreciate it for what it is. And what yeah. trying yeah. to do with it. Yeah. I, I agree. I think this is a, a great series to bring new people into. You know, I mm-hmm. think because I think they'll love it. I mean, it's new. You know, it's not. It does it. It's good. It's 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 what's out there now. You know, it's in the same format. It's it doesn't. You know, it's not TOS old. <laughs> right. <laughs> but right. You know, but I I think new people. I think people would really love it coming in. And it's it brings something like I think the vibe that we were trying to clue into a little bit earlier or touch on earlier. It's just it's just it feels nice it's it's, yeah. it's it's a nice feeling show. Yeah. Right. like it's got right. i felt at the end of the, the first two episodes i'm like oh like i feel right. like warm <laughs> and nice and it's just it's nice i love, it's like, 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 I love star yeah. trek yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> well it's like yeah. it's like that that warm blanket you know that mm-hmm. comfort food that you have yep. and, and you know i mean we're fortunate that we've got to see 
more episodes so far than have been released to the public, but still, I mean, I don't know that I've ever felt this good about a series over just a few episodes as I have with this one. Yeah. So and, far. And yeah. I've, and I am, I still appreciate and, and totally respect where the writers have taken some of the other new series. And, and granted, mm-hmm. I, I admitted that I'm behind the whole season of Picard, but I watched the first one. I'm caught up on discovery and have watched the animated series and um and i love them they're all like in their own way they're they're Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. but what i liked about this one is that it it's like a new blanket but it still felt like the old one right right that same texture and i'm like oh it's just it's gone through the wash and we've patched it up and made (laughs) it better but it's and you know and more and more uh with the times and accessible to a wider group of people and more representative Mm -hmm. but it feels it feels like that old that old fabric you know Mm -hmm. it's and it's weird it's weird to me uh, what you said there, Matthew, about it, it, it's up to the times. Like it feels weird to me that this series feels like it's going to speak more to what's going on in life today than both Discovery and Picard have. You know, Picard touched on it a little bit this year, but it was one episode and then it was like done. Um, you know, episode one right away, we saw. We saw the, the the footage from January at the Capitol. Yeah. Um, you know, I, it's weird to me that we've had two series already and there's been all kinds of, um, you know, things to learn about humanity that come from that. But I watch this and I'm like, this is, this is all, this feels like what TOS was for the sixties when it yeah. comes to the allegory part of things. Well, and I, I think when when Pike is standing in that room and he's talking, we're, those were Gorn, right? This, this was like a reimagined Gorn. Is that where they were on that first planet in the first episode? Um, first, first episode? episode? First episode? Oh, I don't know. I, I thought that know. that's what that that's. I thought that they were like. I thought they said that these were the new versions of the Gorn. Oh no no no! Because it's on the pad, but I wasn't sure if that's what oh, that meant. But that's that's Laan. So that's Laan's her backstory. Yes, oh, yeah. her family her was killed story. by the Gorn. Uh, okay, so I thought yes, these yes, were yes. also like the new version of the Gorn, and that's why they were okay. worried about her going to that planet. Anyways, no. not to <laughs> jump too much back into the last episode, but when he's standing in that room and he's talking to this group of people and he's saying, here's where we are now, but here's where we could have been. That's like what mm. Star Trek did for us when we yes. first watched it. Yeah. Yep. Right. Yep. It wasn't us in the thick of it then. It's like we had, we had gotten over that and here's the new model. And I think mm-hmm. that's why we loved Star Trek at the time. And I, I think it's okay to go back to those darker places like Picard has been and, and be in them then to figure out how we got to this point. But it's kind of right. nice to think, okay, but at some point we will, we will get through it and right. let's mm-hmm. live in that space now for, yeah. For a little while because mm-hmm. it, it is comfortable to, to be hopeful like that. And that's what yeah. I appreciated. I, I loved that scene in, in the previous episode too, where he's mm-hmm. standing in that hall and he's like, don't be like us. Let's be like yeah. we are now, yep. you know. Yeah. We'd like to take a moment to talk about Fansets, the presenting sponsor of Trek Geeks Podcast Network. Fansets Merchandise, as we know, is the leader in pin collectibles for Star Trek, but they offer more than that. In addition to Star Trek, you can find pins for The Big Bang Theory, Scooby-Doo, DC Comics, Batman 66, Harry Potter, and Rick and Morty. So on this show, obviously, we're talking about strange new worlds, but uh, on Fansets.com, 
there is all kinds of different parts to the Star Trek universe that you can go out and get. We've talked about Picard a little bit. We've talked about Discovery. We've talked about TNG and DOS, uh, TOS and Deep Space Nine. They've got all of that stuff there, but they also do have stuff getting us ready for strange new worlds. You can get the micro crew pins for Pike, Number One, and Spock in their Discovery Season 2 uniforms. You can get the micro fleet Enterprise as depicted in Strange New Worlds and Discovery. You can also get that sweet Command Delta that Pike and Una are wearing in these episodes, either in pin or magnetic form. Talking about Deltas, they also released the, the... motion picture delta as seen on admiral kirk all of this stuff is available at fansets.com so go there and put a whole bunch of pins in your cart today and as a listener to the show you can receive 10 percent off your next order from fansets by using code trekgeeks easy to remember at checkout and remember that you receive free shipping in the u.s on orders 30 dollars or more fansets Our pins have character. And we thank Fansets for being the presenting sponsor of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network. So this section is all about humanity and what we think we can learn about ourselves what this episode might have taught us in how we deal with humanity. So uh, Matthew, I'll call on you first. Uh, What did you think of when it came to this for um, children of the comet? What I love about Pike and his leadership on the ship is that people feel like they can be their best selves and he calls on them to do that. I think that's the best kind of leader. And what I loved about growing up watching Star Trek um, was that I had there's versions of that going all the way through, but is that it's it's um, it's leadership that's humble. It's not it's like the, it's not the bravado. It's not, you know, and, and for someone who works with other people and, and is sometimes called upon to train other people, I always try to keep that in mind. I'm like, what models mm-hmm. of leadership? Uh, do I see and Pike is awesome and we we love this new version of Pike in the show and I think that's what he very much does he he stands behind you not 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 trying to be in your way to um you know to manage or whatever but he's trying to push everyone forward to be their best mm-hmm. and, and so we get to see that in this episode we get to see Uhura given the encouragement um also by uh, by Spock as well um to to like bring her whole self forward and it's it's very much bringing her whole self that leads to the resolution of this episode mm-hmm. so that's what i like i like watching star trek sometimes from a leadership perspective and how it encourages us to be our best yeah i love how um ortegas told uhura in the beginning of the episode he invites everybody to these dinners you know it's not just his command crew you know he wants to get to know everyone wants everyone Mm -hmm. to be comfortable with him so yeah that i mean that's the perfect point to go along with what you were saying matthew yvette um so i i think i love i think i love the fact that we we get to see I, i love crew episodes i love episodes when the crew is part of the episode. My favorite 
TNG, my favorite DS9 ones are always when the crew is involved. And I, so far, <laughs> the, all two of them, the crew is always involved in this. And we got to see er almost everybody in this one. Uh, we got to see, of course, Ahura. We got to see Ortegas be, you know, that 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 person. <laughs> you know, that every every ship has probably got that that person. So she, you know, we had to deal with her her hijinks. We learned about uh, I think we learned about Enterprise Bingo. You know, we learned yes. about we learned about Pike. Um, we learned about Una, how Una told him um that what did she say to him? Um what what if your fate, what if your fate is what you make it? So, I mean, that that dynamic with those two, um, which I, I want to know more about them, because from what Anson told us on his interview, he they the two actors feel like they probably went to Starfleet together. Awesome. Like they know mm -hmm. each other well, like they they've known each other for a long time. What a so great I, description. I like this, That's amazing. Right. Yeah. I would love to see. I want to see more of that. And I think. Um, the humanity is that we got to we're learning these people as who they are maybe they're not all humans but we're learning them and i just i love that about that's that's the star trek i want i mm. want to know about the crew because so i always say that in discovery why don't i know more about this crew yeah there's so many of them we know their names but you know i would like to know more about them and i every you know every week we get to we get a new person that mm. is the star it's their episode and i i love that we know uh, more about all of them. I mean, uh, Laon. La I mean, yeah, she's great. We know about her, but boy, did she? She was a real, you know. She could have. She was. I have a word for her, but I'm gonna leave that out because on the planet, she could have been a little more helpful. But I get it. Mm -hmm. She's the security. But yeah, I think it's just um, everybody showed the humanity. You know, we got to learn more about them as mm -hmm. people instead of their titles. And I like that a lot. And I also like that in the end, uh, they all kind of said, you know what? These crazy space monks might not be as bad as we thought they were. They might yeah. be on to something. And they were okay with learning something that they were really not about learning. <laughs> they were like, these people are crazy. Let's, right. let's do it. But then in the end, they were like, hmm. Well, we could have been wrong on this one. <laughs> yeah. That's what they said, too. Yeah. They were like, see, we told right. you. We yeah. told you. Comet knows. What was the name of that? Mahip? What was the name of that? Let's see. I've got, it, I've got it written down here. Me too. Uh, I care. Majit. Mahanit. 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 Yeah. Mahanit. Yeah. Mahanit knew. That's right. <laughs> Mahanit. That's right. And it's funny. Every time he would say the comet, they'd say Mahanit. Mahanit. To the point where he's like, all right, okay. I'm going to go with what you're saying. Yeah, he takes it on. Yep. yep. To make sure Yvette, that I, to... Yvette, I was going to say, it's so cool. It's so cool that you guys got to interview Anson. I think that's, mm -hmm. that's amazing, right? It was. That's, wow. <laughs> Twice. That's amazing. I know, it was so cool. <laughs> yeah. Once once over Zoom and then once in person. That's once the... in person. Yeah. Fantastic. Yep. 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 He's a lovely man. I keep saying that. <laughs> oh, he, he certainly is. Yeah. He's a lovely guy. He's wonderful. So for me, uh, I, I thought about how you need in, in order to succeed in life, you need to have confidence in yourself. Mm -hmm. um, you know, we see that among our whole crew so far, um, especially uh, when they are getting ready to fly into the tail of the comet there with uh, 
Ortegas. <laughs> and she she's like, all right, it's all me, evasive pattern, uh, Ortegas gamma one. Gamma one. What? <laughs> right. She's like, you said improvise. Let, let's do this. Um, but the one the one person that doesn't have that confidence yet is Ohura. And we see that build throughout that episode. Um, you know, she makes the comment multiple times on the comment. I'm just a cadet. I'm just a cadet. And, you know, we kind of talked about it a little bit last week. Uh, this Sam Kirk character seems like he's just a throwaway guy to like throw people off. But he did make he did make a good comment to her when they were there. He said, look, yeah you're here on a rotation, Mm -hmm. but you're also here for a reason, you know, languages, you can figure this out. That's why you're here. Uh, And you're the expert right now. Right. Right. (laughs) So let's, let's get it together. (laughs) Yeah. So I thought the growth of her from the beginning of the episode where at the dinner, she's like, I don't know if Starfleet's for me to the end where she's just this confident person who presents this report and says, look, this is how it is. Uh, this is, this is exactly how it is. There's no other way about it. And Pike's like, okay, thank you. That's a great report. I appreciate it. Um, you know, just confidence helps you in so many situations and something that Matthew said, going back to leadership, confidence, not overconfidence, mm-hmm. you know, the right amount of confidence while still having the humility to be able to lead. The best leaders are, hum- are um, have humility. That's for sure. Yep. They're very humble people. The best leaders I've had. They're very humble. Mm-hmm. Starfleet Command is proud to present you the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. All right. Time for our awards section. So, as you know, the awards, it can be anything that we like from the episode up to three. Uh, So we can have three actors. We could have producers involved. We could have writers, prop masters. Uh, I think I think last week uh, CGI was mentioned. So whatever you want to award for this episode, it's up to you. So Yvette, we'll throw the ball to you first. So I get three. You can have up to three. Up to three. You don't have to use all three. All right. So I'm going to go with uh, phrases that were used. So my favorite phrase uh, was the crazy space monks. Thought that was perfect. Uh, Great. (laughs) And then evasive pattern Ortega's gamma one. Nice. This this was she's been holding that forever. She's ready. She was like, (laughs) yes, I can finally use this. You know, she's ever since the Academy, she was like, one yep. day, one day. <laughs> so uh, those two, um, I think that's it. And, and, of, and of course, like I said before, the fact that um, Pike says sometimes things go so bad that sometimes you just have to laugh. And mm-hmm. the fact that he said that and then at the end, we got a, a we got a laughing Spock, a giggling yep. Spock, because he was yeah. pretty much there was a giggle there. Um, and he, he quotes the same thing. So those mm-hmm. three. Awesome. Matthew. Uh, well, it sounds like digital effects were covered last episode, but I, I feel like well, I wanna, you can, you can wanna, do what you want. You can yeah, double just, up if you need to. The show just looks amazing. Like it's so it does. beautiful. Like the opening sequences. And so as someone who, so I did, I do astrophotography 
So we we have a telescope that I'm I work with at Simon Fraser University called the Trache Observatory, and uh, we can use it to take images of space. It has a special astrophotography camera, so I, I really appreciate like well rendered space visuals that just kind of look mm-hmm. like kind of spacey, right? I mean, right. we can all we, obviously we can see spacey without having to be an astrophotographer, but it's an aesthetic that I really appreciate because I do I do image space, and so to look at the visuals and and how they've laid things out, especially in that opening sequence, just looks so good. So yeah. uh, I remember even in some of the preview stuff they had submitted, I was like, wow, this the show just looks really really pretty. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with visual effects. That'll be mine. Um, and then I was just gonna throw it out to the writers, so Henry Alonzo Myers and Sarah Tarkov. I just think this episode is just so well constructed. It just it yeah. flows so well. It tells such a great story from beginning to end. There's a like great setup and payoff with like the humming and the singing and that like coming out later on. And, and you know, them talking about a dry planet and then, you know, you get the the, the rain falling at the, I was like, this is just so good. So I just thought it was a well-written episode and and the pacing was beautiful and I loved it. So they threw it mm. up to the writers. Yeah. You know, we talk a lot about in Star Trek, how there's an A and a B story. And it's like this one, kind of had an a and a b story but the a and the b story like worked together mm-hmm. um which was which was phenomenal i love that yeah a lot of tng and voyager and ds9 they all had that right you had kind of an a story mm-hmm. to b story and at some point they yeah. kind of come together but mm-hmm. um yeah that's right so for me i'm going three actors um first off uh, i mean we got we need to recognize the work that celia gooding did in this episode both from a voice perspective, but also just from um, showing the innocence of Ahura in the beginning, yeah, yeah. Um, and and the growth through the episode, mm-hmm. um, you know. And correct me if I'm wrong. This is beyond Broadway. This is one of her first big things. Correct. Like Broadway, so. Broadway was her thing before. Yeah. Oh, yes, definitely. But I think this is. I'm, yeah. I don't remember anything else. I could be wrong, but I don't think so. And if yeah. it, if it, if she did anything else, I this is definitely the biggest. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, hats off. I mean, she mm-hmm. is she's showing some acting chops right there. Yeah. I mean, uh, she's a Broadway. She's a Broadway yeah. girl. She she can act. <laughs> For sure. Uh, Melissa Navia. Mm-hmm. we've talked about her before a few times I, and it might not have even made the show. It might've just been in our conversations beforehand oh, okay. <laughs> about how, you know, she did so much work behind the scenes to make sure that that panel in front of her yes. was hers. Yep. She knew what every button did so that, you know, in episode two, she isn't doing something different from an episode 10. Um, she sells it like, I even in the scenes where she's not doing anything with the panel, mm-hmm. like just the byplay that she has with Pike, like, oh, that pissed him off. You know, she, she's just like right there. Like she is the, she's the officer for Pike because he's got those little one-liners here and he there does. too. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the two of them are on the same wavelength. I love it. <laughs> Um, and then Ethan Peck, um, you know, he's done phenomenal work with the Spock character, but I thought in this episode, it was a good melding of that Spock that's still trying to discover who he is between the Vulcan and the human side, 
you know, where we get the laugh at the end, but he's also curious at the dinner, like why, you know, why is it that everyone thinks that this, this bad thing that happened is good, you know, mm-hmm. Pike tripping on the pants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he doesn't understand all of that right now, but then in the episode as you know, he's not even the commander in charge of the landing party, but he's, we're seeing what the TOS Spock is going to become, or we're seeing him being the Spock that he will become in the future, mm-hmm. which is good. I thought it was a good melding of the Spock we know and the Spock that we're learning to know. Um, so great work for him. Appreciate uh, what is surely maybe the single hardest job on the show right now is re- not replacing Leonard Nimoy, but having to fill Leonard Nimoy's shoes. Filling, filling um, Michelle Nichols' shoes aren't too... That would be, yes. I was going to say that is going to be a very you know. close number two. And I yeah. think and I think it's kind of gone under the radar so far because we weren't we weren't ready for it. Mm-mm. We, you know, we found out what six months ago, maybe that yeah. she was going to be playing a horror right. because we always knew there was going to be those three. But yeah, we didn't know that we were going to get a horror, you know, I, I and I like day. it. I like it, too. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So next week, the Enterprise encounters a contagion that ravages the ship. One by one, the entire crew is incapacitated, except for number one. Una Chin Riley, who must now confront a secret she's been hiding as she races to find a cure. Episode three is entitled Ghosts of Illyria, and we'll be covering it here for you on Discovering Trek Strange New Worlds. Don't forget that you can support Discovering Trek and the Trek Geeks podcast network by subscribing to bonus content on Patreon. Get access to unedited audio of all our podcasts and of a lot of other perks. If you'd like to support this and the other member podcasts of the Trek Geeks Podcast Network, beam on over to patreon.com forward slash Trek Geeks, where subscriptions start at low as $2 per month. For more great Star Trek discussion, check out the aforementioned member podcasts on the network. In addition to discovering Trek, there is Trek Geeks, Rewind, Polytreks, Five-Year Mission, Deep Space Pride, Drawn to Trek, Infinite Trek, The Divine Treasury, Sci-Fi Sisters, Science Station 2, with the first link and the newest addition to the network, ConPod, about Star Trek conventions. You can find all these shows and where to listen on trekgeeks.com forward slash listen or by downloading the Trek Geeks mobile app. The Trek Geeks Podcast Network. No one talks Trek like we do. So it's nice to have the problem of the week sorted out by the end of the episode. Like we've talked about, uh, this is definitely a throwback to old-timey Trek. And what's really great is each week, the important character storylines are going to carry over. So which ones will carry over next week? Tune in and find out as we discuss this and more on Discovering Trek. Be bold, be brave, be courageous, and until next time, never stop discovering. 
Music for Discovering Trek is provided by Five Year Mission. They're writing an original song for each episode of Star Trek. Hear more of their music at fiveyearmission.net. Discovering Trek is a production of Coconut Media Works, executive producers Bill Smith and Dan Davidson. For more great Star Trek discussion, discover the other shows of the Trek Geeks podcast network at trekgeeks.com or find us in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app.